Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast and I'm here today with uh, Jake Tannenbaum and he's the founder and CEO at uh, Craftmix. So Jake, he used to be a uh, mixer, but he will tell us more about it and he launched this company two years ago and now he built a team of uh, 10 and this company has been featured by Amazon, Yahoo Small Business and uh, Kroger as well. So he has some coverage already. So I'm excited to talk to him today. How are you, Jake? Doing great. Thanks for the introduction, Daniel. Yeah, actually, believe it or not, today is our two-year anniversary. Uh, December 1st, 2020 is when we officially launched and things have just been on the absolute up and up. And thank you for mentioning those media coverages. But actually, just this week or within the past week, we also got picked up by the Inquirer, LA Weekly, SF Gate. So we're starting to get a lot more coverage just this week. We need to update our website. All right. That's amazing. And uh, did you pick this uh, time uh, on purpose the, on the anniversary's day or it's totally random? No, I think you actually picked the time because we had something scheduled way out. And then you said, oh, actually, I've got something on December 1st. So it's a funny coincidence. You just said it now. And then I looked at the date and realized. Yeah, that's amazing. So congrats on the second anniversary and also on the coverage. I think we can start with this. So yeah. if someone wants to be featured by these companies, what should they do? Like, how could you build this up, uh, you know, within two years? Yeah, great question. So I would say always, always, no matter what you do is post your wins. That's the most important thing to do as a small business Like, for example, once we got that badge of Amazon's choice for the keyword cocktail mixer, we started boasting that everywhere. Like if Amazon is choosing us, why aren't you choosing us? Because Amazon is probably the most credible company in the world here. Um, so always boast your successes as a founder because no one will know until you start putting it out there in the world. And we just raised our, uh, our series seed round. And that got picked up because people are so shocked. Just in two years, we've been able to grow so much. And now we raised some serious money. All right. That's amazing. And um, yeah, I, I can only agree. Like always post your wins because I post many things on social, but I think the wins actually, the the rewards or the successes with your customers and, and with your uh, investment rounds, investing rounds, I think, people they like those the most so yeah yeah that's quite important absolutely yeah. yeah i think it's such you know so important because you know as small companies when you start working with larger companies that's when people take notice because of these large names that's how people latch on and give you some time in their day like oh what did this person do and as a founder you meet so many people throughout your journey and people are very excited to see your growth while you're on that journey so yeah i always recommend that yeah so tell us more about the early days when did you 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 started it two days or two years ago now we all know that but um what was your initial motivation so you you used to be a mixer right a bartender And, uh, yeah. sorry a bartender yeah yeah bartender i by the way i don't, don't know the difference so maybe <laughs> we should start it there No difference. Not really. Just the, I guess, the more frequently used term is a bartender. But yeah, yeah. no difference at all. Uh, the company, actually, the idea started much before 
we actually launched. I remember we have a bunch of different stories of how we came up with this idea. Once I was on an airplane and there was three different buttons. One said order beer on the screen right in front of me and I pressed order beer and they had all the different beers. Um, then they had a button that was like order shots. And so I pressed that and it showed all the different shots. And then they had a button that said order a cocktail. And when you press that, it said no entries available. So then I started thinking about it and I was thinking, wow, people would definitely enjoy a nice drink on an airline. People would definitely enjoy a nice drink in many places, but there just typically isn't a bartender around. There's not the fresh ingredients around. Um, you, can, you, know, you can't bring all the supplies with you because there's not enough space or there's not enough time or there's just not you know, enough fresh products to choose from to make a full drink. So that's when I thought, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this, especially me as a bartender. Another thing I realized is I'd go over to my friend's houses and they'd ask, always ask me to make a drink and they'd never have any of the ingredients around to make a drink. They'd have, you know, stale, yeah. flat diet Coke and, you know, some plastic bottle vodka. And that can't make a good drink no matter how skilled of a bartender you are. So yeah. then I realized as the bartender myself, I don't even have all the ingredients to make a fresh drink in my house. And that's when I realized there's just got to be a better way to do this and create fresh drinks and not have the ingredients go bad and make a mess in your kitchen and, you know, have to learn a new recipe every time and have to make five different drinks for five different people. And, you know, so for all those reasons, we searched for a better way. And even if you have the ingredients, it's um, you have the ingredients only for one. So you can make maybe a pina colada or mojito, but you cannot make all of them. Or, you know, if five different people, they want to drink three different drinks, then that's a lot of things to buy. And not everyone has a whole bar at home, right? So exactly. <laughs> most people, they don't. And that's the issue too, is with expensive ingredients. If you want to make one pina colada and one strawberry daiquiri, you have to buy, go to the grocery store and they only sell ingredients where you can buy enough for 20 pina coladas and 20 strawberry yeah, daiquiri. You have to drink it every day after. <laughs> yeah. And then it yeah. goes bad and then, you know, you wait, it goes, gets bad. The ingredient, you know, the fruit goes bad. The mixers get crusty and old. Everything goes bad. And then you just wasted so much money and so much product too. So that's one thing we wanted to focus on as well is sustainability. Um, we use over 90% less plastic than traditional mixers. We are over 95% more fuel efficient. And we have an extremely long shelf life, longer than anything else in the mixer category, which cuts down on food waste. So it's a more sustainable way as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you already mentioned a few things, but uh, I, that would be my next question. Why people buy from you? Because, you know, this I, f I feel that this space is really crowded. There is a big competition, especially if you go to Amazon or Walmart. I'm sure there are many other products. But why people would buy from you? And um, yeah, then after we can talk about the subscription and everything. But let's start with why they buy from you, not from someone else. Yeah, great question. So we're coming out with a really innovative product. And that's always the hurdle when you're creating something that improves people's, I guess, experience. But we really like to stress our three main value propositions. One is taste. It tastes really good, um, better than the other mixers that are really syrupy and sludgy and sugary and too overly sweet. 
So that's, of course, the obvious one is people have to like the taste and people really do like the taste. There are a handful of other uh, powdered mixers, very few, and they're undrinkable. I seriously challenge to anyone listening this, to this, try them and try ours. You're going to spit out three or four drinks of the three or four other competitors because we really focused in on getting natural, fresh fruit juice powders to make the drinks taste fresh. And that's another big one of our value propositions is we wanted to use the best ingredients and make sure that our products are um, better for you and accessible for everyone. They're fat-free, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, low-sugar, low-calorie, cholesterol-free, vegan, kosher. I could keep going on and on and on, but we wanted to make sure that we use the best ingredients for our customers to get a fresh-tasting drink and to lessen the guilt as well. You don't want to feel so guilty just drinking one cocktail when some of the competitors, they have 150, 200 calories per shot. One of our full finished drinks. 150, you said. Yeah, 150. And ours, just 25 calories per per serving. So, or per per drink, per packet. So that was our second value proposition. And then most importantly too is convenience. Um, We realized that people can't bring six different bottles and a lemon and an orange to their tailgate or their concert or on a flight, put one packet and it's everything you need. All of those ingredients combined in one small packet, just the size you know, of a credit card that fits right in your pocket. So no more mess, no more trips to the con- convenience store and grocery store, no more learning new recipes. It's extremely easy. Just three simple steps of water, liquor, your craft mix packet, and then you pour it over ice. That's it. So we made it the best tasting, the best for you, and the easiest option mm-hmm. within the whole uh, market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many flavors do you have? And these flavors, these are uh, named after cocktails or uh, or something else. But what flavors do you have? Yeah, so we wanted to take a modern take on classic cocktails and really pack in some exotic flavors. So that's why um, we have a blood orange Mai Tai rather than just a regular Mai Tai. We have a mango margarita. We have a strawberry Moscow mule and a passion fruit Paloma. So those are all classic cocktails with an exotic flavor placed on top. So they're even better. And those four flavors come in our variety pack, which is our most popular 12 pack. Comes with three of each of those flavors. And then last but not least, we have an expansion flavor and that's our mint mojito. Yeah. So it's something around 10, I think. So we have five flavors and then six skews because we have a variety mm-hmm. pack as well. Okay, okay, I see, I see. And uh, you also have a subscription package, right? Or people, they can subscribe. Yep, that's exactly them. right. We have subscriptions to all our products on Amazon, on our website. It's something new that we're launching. And we do have actually a cocktail kit, which is our box that contains everything you need for a little virtual happy hour, happy hour with your friends. Comes with three cocktails, some cocktail cups, a stainless steel straw, a stainless steel shot cup. It comes with um, some uh, sparkling water as well to make the drink. So it's a really fun time if you get the whole box set and you're able to do something fun at home or at work. Yeah. I don't know if you have it on your uh, website, but I think gifting is also a good opportunity for you that people, they can buy it as a gift, give it to someone. Maybe they can even add some uh, personal message to it. But uh, I can see many brands doing it and it works really well for them. 
Yeah, that's a really great point because our products that was after Amazon, which was our initial, you know, first channel when we launched, we focused a lot on gifting because mm -hmm. especially during the pandemic, gifting was such a huge, huge, huge market and it still continues to be. So mm -hmm. we thought, okay, what do companies like to do for them, their employees over everything? And what do their employees like over everything? And that's cocktails. That's a good time. That's a happy hour. So we started talking with a lot of companies about happy hours. They actually reached out to us directly. We had companies like Starbucks and ADP, even Amazon corporate, Calendly, all these massive companies reaching out to us saying, hey, you know, we love your products. Can we do a happy hour with them? We said, sure, of course. And so we thought, okay, if companies are really loving our products for their happy hours, let's start working with companies that are that do corporate gifting and work with companies on a daily basis. So that gave us kind of the basis to start um, working with corporate di gifting distributors, also corporate gifting platforms, a lot of people that work with large companies and said, hey, you need to you know, coordinate a gift box for your employees. We're gonna put craft mix in there. We're gonna put a bunch of other little gifts and send it over. Um, just recently, we worked with QuickBooks on their holiday corporate gifting box, which came out awesome. It's so, so, so cool. And we work up work with Swag Up as well. They're a great distributor that we work with too. That's amazing. So you already have this, or you already implemented this thing, and uh, I'm yeah. happy to hear it. Thanks. Yeah. We also have one more platform, Snack Magic, we, where we mm -hmm. quickly became the number one beverage of every beverage product on their site, where people they actually get credits to purchase items. And then you select which items you want in your gift box. And we became the number one beverage right out the gate. It was incredible. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you are just before Series C or finishing it? Series Seed. So we just finished ah, our seed, seed round. Okay. We were 1.2 million that mm -hmm. you know, was closed over the course of the last few months. And yeah, we're really ex start, excited to start ramping up. So do you use a platform like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or uh, you have angel investors? What's your approach? And, and why, did you, you know, why did you start uh, looking for investors? Because I can see that it's quite black and white in the entrepreneur community. Some of them, they are really proud that their business is bootstrapped, while others, they uh, have investors and they are really proud of that to have the investors. So I can see... It's, uh, you know, it's kind of polarizing this topic, but I'm wondering why you went uh, down in this way. Yeah, really good question. So we actually, hilariously enough, in 2019, when we were just trying to do samples and trying to get the idea, you know, try and make an MVP, we did a little Kickstarter that was, yeah, back before we launched or even, you know, that's when we were making the packets in our own house just to test and see if people were interested in this, this concept. And so that's when we did our Kickstarter. We didn't raise uh, enough money to build a business on it, but we raised enough money to start testing and seeing if this is something people were interested in. Of course, you know, throughout 2019, the answer ended up being yes. And that's why we made it into an official real business in 2020. But um, after that, yes, we started getting angel investors. We did not, we have not gone the VC route or any institutional capital yet. A lot of family offices and angel investors and the reason why we went that route is because we're still early on. Um, we feel like when you bring on institutional capital, one, you need to be a little farther on and have a little more um, 
just recurring revenue from many different channels, which we have, but not on a, on a, I don't know, it's, it's still, we're very early, I'd say. We're you know still getting into a lot of retailers and testing out a lot of retailers, testing out a lot of marketing strategies. Everything is working, but um, we're still in the learning phase as well. And yeah, so we wanted to go with angel investors and we found a lot of incredible people, strategics to support us from other beverage giants, you know, with very strategic value that they bring with them. And, you know, when you're building a company, it really does take a whole village to build that company, as they say. And now we have some incredible, incredible people on our side helping us out every step of the way. Yeah, I think we, you know, VC companies, these institutions, they also expect you to be more, uh, not corporate, but, you know, have these titles and, uh, and I think they have just more limitations as well than uh, angel investors, which is not good or bad. It's just different. So as you said, in the later stage, you can do it, I think. But that's uh, amazing if you could already collect this amount and you have these strategic partners. I, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. That's a great achievement. Thank you. Yeah. Fundraising is, I had one advisor who said this once and he said, uh, raising capital is the hardest thing in life outside of raising a child. And <laughs> it's very true. The, the first round we ever raised, which was in 2020, which was a $325,000 round, that was extremely, extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I was still working as a bartender at the time. Um, a little history, I guess, on my story, if you'd like to hear, is that I, you know, I worked in tech. I was doing acquisitions and investments for a tech company and then I was also trying to start this at the same time in 2019. And I had an advisor who sent me up to San Francisco. And when I was there, I was presenting to this you know, small investment group in San Francisco. And in the middle of my presentation, they said, stop, you know, don't even finish your presentation. We're in for the full amount. And so I was jumping for joy. I came back down to LA the next day. I quit my job on the spot and I said, hey, I can stay two weeks, but if you, you know, I prefer to leave now because I, you know, I'm getting started with the business. I really want to, you know, hit the ground running with it. And they said, okay, you can leave. Um, I actually took out a line of credit to pay back a couple bills that we had from our sample product. I put my life savings into paying back those bills as well. And then thinking, okay, I'll just, you know, just pay myself back when we get this investment because I want to get moving. We need to get running. And two weeks went by and I followed up with that investment firm and I said, hey, um, you know, what's, what's the deal here? Um, what, what are the next steps? You know, what paperwork do we need? What information do you need from me? And they said, oh, just give us another week. You know, we're getting everything together. Um, don't worry. We're just putting things together and we'll have paperwork your way in just about a week. Four weeks went by and I followed up with them again and said, hey, you know, I really need to get moving. I took out a line of credit. I got, you know, bills to pay. I really want to get moving with this. We got things to do. So what are the next steps? And they said, don't worry. We're still getting everything together. Just give us another week. We'll have some paperwork your way next week. And then I follow up after six weeks. I said, hey, guys, you know, what's going on here? It's been six weeks, been more, more than a month and a half since we met. I got, you know, a lot of things that we really want to get going. Are we doing this or not? And that's when they told me this just isn't the right investment for us at this time. Mm. So now I had no money. I was in debt. I had no job. Coincidentally, broke up with my girlfriend right around that time. So I really had lost, you know, everything and we're running out of inventory for the company and it was a tough time. But 
as all entrepreneurs, you pick yourself up. Um, you don't worry about the past. You just plan for the future. And I spent every day for about five months. Um, that was at the beginning of or end of 2019 and beginning of 2020. I would work on craft mix from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then I went to go be a bartender so I could pay my bills because I had no money. <laughs> I'd bartend yeah. from 5 p.m. to 11. And then I'd come home and I'd work on craft mix yet again from 11 to 3 a.m. I did that every day for about five months. And then finally, after five months, we were able to raise that capital um, to actually build the business. But, um, I, you know, one thing I just want to kind of wrap this story up with is a lot of people who listen to these podcasts, when you hear, oh, yeah, you know, raised a million dollars or this happened or that happened, they think, wow, you know, that person just must be so, you know, lucky or, you know, I'm so envious or I wish I could be you that. made it. Yeah. yeah. That. They really made it. But it's not without struggle. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're going to go through ups and downs. Um, it's a whole, it's a roller coaster ride. And one advisor also told me, just enjoy the ride. You know, enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs, enjoy the wins, and don't get too devastated devastated with the, the losses. Because you know, the, the main thing is you just have to stick with it, and you'll make it through. There's always a way. There's always a way. If it's not working, change your angle. So it didn't come easy for me. It doesn't come easy for many. Um, but if you keep working hard, you know, I always say harder work pays off, not just hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this story. I think that was, you know, something that must be heard by people that, uh, fundraising and, you know, getting investors, it's hard, it's difficult. So, and as you said, many people, they think it's easy or, or hard, but not that hard. And, you know, you were lucky or something. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about the marketing side of things. So how do you attract customers? How, how do you get eyeballs on your brand? Great question. So up until last month, up until uh, just this last November of 2022, we had actually done no marketing, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Everything with our brand had been organic, which is incredible. So me, I'm not a marketer at heart. I'm a brand builder. I'm a product developer. I am, you know, everything except marketing and retail sales, I think I can get done. Um, and I'm just an entrepreneur at heart. So my best form of marketing was getting product out there. That was always my best form of marketing is if you can get your product out there at break even, you're not losing any money, but people are discovering, discovering your product. So I would look for any possible opportunity. Um, we have pretty decent margins. So anytime people would say, hey, are you willing to, you know, send us 500 free samples for us to give out at our gala, whatever it is. We've done tons of these. They say, hey, we want a fun cocktail option or something for the goodie bag, you know, cocktail option for the goodie bag. And I've always said, yes, of course. But are you able to subsidize me, you know, just to cover my cost, to help cover my cost? And it's very, you know, for us, we're very lucky. Um, we do have good margins. So it's, you know, if you're paying a couple cents for a cocktail, not a couple cents, more than a couple cents, but under a dollar for a cocktail, it's much more manageable than paying about $5 per cocktail or $10 per cocktail or hiring a bartender or buying all the ingredients. It's cheaper than buying all the ingredients. So they think, oh, you know, they'd bring it back to the event planner. They say, you know what? Yes, we can help subsidize them. Um, and that's a big way that we would get our product out there. That's how I'd market the brand for our first almost two years. It's just anywhere I can get the product out there, whether it's a sales channel, whether it's a podcast, whether it's, you know, events, anywhere I can get the product out there 
at a profitable or break even rate, I'd be more than willing to do so. Yeah. yeah but yeah. now we've, we've started doing marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned, I, I, I really like this mindset that, uh, of course, profit is, is good, but even if you are, you know, if you are at break even and you don't make a profit, but you get more eyeballs than it's worth it, you get attention, especially at this stage. And uh, yeah, you understood it from the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. And I would say one thing too is investors don't expect profit. We're profitable because I'm so, you know, that's just within my DNA is don't spend more money than you make. And so all investors, when I tell them are shocked that were profitable because most businesses are not profitable in their early stages. So don't feel like you need to be profitable because that's not necessarily what investors ex expect in the early stages. You know, when you're in the early stages, it's a scramble. You're trying to figure it out and, you know, money gets spent, but that's, that's what I did. Of course we did some email marketing, but profitably we'd always look for, you know, cheap and free ways to do e scrappy ways to do email marketing, get, you know, um new emails and we'd you know do scrappy ways to get sms numbers scrappy ways to um get sales through other platforms even if it was just a few um, we'd never say no to anything we do everything in our power just get our product out there mm -hmm. yeah what will be your next move with marketing what channels do you use yeah so now that we actually just hired a marketing director and he's crushing it you know he's only been here for a month and a half but he's doing an extremely good job um we're doing you know, every form that you can imagine, putting a big emphasis on PR and paid media. Now we're, you know, going to be mm -hmm. doing social media advertising. We're going to be doing um, a lot of discounting and sampling and influencer marketing. We actually just hired our first not free influencer. That's what we used to do is just send free product to influencers. You know, we do send it to 10 influencers per week and they'd always ask, hey, do you have a budget? And we'd be like, we honestly don't. We're a small company but we'd love to send you our product. We handpicked you and we'd love for you to try out our product. But now we're finally doing paid influencer. Um, we're going to be doing affiliate, all the classic channels plus more. So mm -hmm. um, I think we have a really innovative product that people react to. Now it's just figuring out how to get people to stop and take a second to discover our mm -hmm. product. Yeah. Yeah. I have two more questions to you. These will be a bit more personal, sure. but I'm really curious. Uh, who is someone who you look up to and someone who you learn from when it comes to business or mindset? Hmm. That's a really good question. A lot of my, I guess, more traditional training was I went to Loyola Marymount University and we had an entrepreneurship program, which is rare, but starting to become more normal within universities. Um, the whole faculty and staff there were really encouraging. Um, I guess you know a lot of a lot of you know what I've learned as an entrepreneur has been just grinding of of myself. I think I compare myself, you know, I've always compared myself to the best of the best and actually one thing that influenced me as as funny as it is, but I remember as a kid, you know, in one of my business classes in high school, we'd watch the social network at least once a once or twice a, a semester. And watching that movie and just seeing how successful you can be at such an early age um, really influenced me. I used to tell my business professor in high school, I said, I'm dropping out of high school and starting a business. And then when I got to college, I always say, I'm dropping out of college and starting a business. And then when I finished university, it was almost like a hit to myself. I was like, oh, no, I graduated university and I'm not a billionaire <laughs> yet, like Mark Zuckerberg. So 
Um, I know he's controversial these days, but I just I watched that movie because I was also huge into movies and just thought, wow, you can be really successful at a really young age. And one thing that I did upon my university graduation, I took a bunch of my graduation pictures on you know the stand or on the stage where you graduate and they hand you your diploma. Um, I would I took a bunch of those pictures with one of my homemade craft mix packets, the one that I made in my crappy college house um, in my hand as a reminder to like, look, there's no looking back. You can't fail because then all these pictures are ruined. So I you know, always took that to heart and thought, you know, you must succeed no matter what. Otherwise, all your graduation pictures are are useless and got to be thrown out because you failed. So failure is not an option. I would say some of my big influences were definitely all my university professors and that program. Um, they always really believed in me. And also watching the social network that made me believe, yes, you can be as successful as you want, even as a young person, um, if you just work really hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. And if yeah. someone, someone didn't uh, watch it, then check it out. Yeah, it's about uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the first few years of Facebook. So, yeah. yeah. And it, My last, it yeah. came out way before Facebook even hit its peak. So that's funny. Like they thought, oh, oh we're really? Ready. Yeah, I it came out 10, year, 10, 12 years ago, maybe. Okay. So they had no that's idea. Early. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last question. So what would be your number one tip to other e-commerce entrepreneurs, especially those who, you know, just uh, just launching their business or they just start looking for investors? What would you tell them? Yeah. So on a sales from a sales perspective, I would say don't think that you need to like Facebook and Instagram ads are a must out the gate. It's really tough to do those out the gate because when you have a very new brand, um, people are seeing your brand for the very first time and they're not likely to make a purchase. So you are willing, you know, you are going to burn a lot of money that way as a brand new brand. I would really focus on, um, you know, channels where you can get your products out there. For us, it was Amazon. We knew that we were upset when we launched our website and no one comes. And that happens to almost everyone. You don't just launch your website and, you know, people are just randomly typing in your URL or your link or your yeah. domain. That just doesn't happen these days. Um, people have to be linked to it. So there's never going to be a huge amount of traffic just by launching a website unless you have some celebrity name tied to it or something like that that gives you a huge advantage. But this advice isn't really for those founders who are already you know, making it and celebrities or whatever. Um, I would highly recommend Amazon, though it's a very expensive platform. Um, it already has so many people on it. And that's kind of our mindset is like, okay, our website doesn't have many people on it. It's going to be very expensive to drive people to our website. Why don't we capitalize on a platform that already has so many people on it? So that would be my recommendation for sales. Do you want me to give an uh, investment recommendation? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Cool. So one thing that we did with investment is, you know, reach out to your network. You're not like I tried and tried and tried and tried and tried for that first round of reaching out to you know, cold calling VC, cold calling any angel investment groups. And I got the door, you know, shut in my face a hundred out of a hundred times. Um, not because they didn't like me, not because they didn't like the brand, but they just didn't want to believe in, you know, a, a early stage founder with a new brand. It's not that they didn't like it. They just didn't believe in, you know, in me yet. And, you know, jokes on them. We even went on Shark Tank and they laughed in our face. This was before we, we launched jokes on them. 
you know, we're crushing it now. It's been two years. Um, we're one of, you know, we're becoming one of the most relevant CPG startups getting featured everywhere now. So joke is on them. Um, so don't rely on those really successful, wealthy, you know, monumental success VCs and angel groups to give you money because in the early stages, you're just, you know, another person knocking on their door. But if you are ambitious enough, go to your network, go to the people who know you, your professors, your family, your friends, anyone who's willing to give you a lead in one way or another, because you're not going to get investment from a cold call. You're going to get investment through a warm introduction. And for those people who don't invest in you that are interested, but just pass and just say, oh, it's too early, which is 99% of the time investors excuse, excuse, I want to you know highlight that word. It's their excuse in the early stages. Um, go back to them next round. And that's how we got our, our big investment. We had someone who passed on us and we went back and said, hey, remember everything we said we were going to do? We we're going to hit this many sales. We we're going to have this many flavors. We we're going to be in this many stores. We we're going to be you know here, there, all these different channels. We did all that plus more. So when you show them that, uh, they remember, damn, I could have got in at that valuation. That's one fifth of what it is now. Am I going to miss out again? So that's you know my biggest advice is like, go to people who are a warm introduction, who know you. There's always, you know, someone can always lead you to someone. I don't come from any, you know, wealthy background. My dad's a musician. My mother, um, she works at a magazine. So um, I just network my way and get people to trust you. If they don't invest in you now, if you befriend them and stay in touch with them, they may invest with you later. Find people who believe me. Find great advisors. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, I heard this from someone and I really like this. So if... Uh... That is, I don't know, even Mark Cuban in Shark Tank or whatever, you know, big name and uh, and wealthy entrepreneur. But if they say your idea is trash, you shouldn't do it, this business. And uh, you think you are smarter. You just know that industry better than that person. Then you should still, you know, don't give a damn what that person said, even if they are much more successful now as an entrepreneur. Because I just came up with this name, Mark Cuban, but... Maybe he's good at tech, let's say, but yeah. I don't know how much he knows your industry, for example, probably not much. So yeah. actually his advice is not that relevant in many cases. It isn't. And another thing is you can make any successful idea. You can become a millionaire off of anything. There's plenty of brands with terrible products, terrible services, you know, things that aren't good, but they're millionaires. It's about the person behind the business. It's about how willing are you to grind. So any idea can make it pretty much. I mean, of mm -hmm. course ideas can make it. It's just about yeah. what you do to make it happen. And if one thing doesn't work, you can always pivot your idea too. So anyone can make it. Any idea can make it. It's just about how much work you put behind it. It's the people behind it that make a successful business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are great uh, final words for this podcast, for this uh, anniversary podcast. Yeah. So... <laughs> Thanks, Jake, a lot uh, for today's conversation. I think you shared a great story and also a lot of insightful tips that were really useful for our audience. And thanks everyone who listened to this uh, interview today on social media, the live stream or later the podcast. And uh, stay we'll tuned because... Our uh, handles and website. Oh yeah, please uh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry about that, Daniel, but just want to say thank you everyone for listening. Uh, my name is Jake Tannenbaum. I'm the founder of Craft Mix. 
If you want to check us out, just go to craftmix.com or on social media. We're at craftmix, as simple as that. Um, yeah, check us out. If you hear this podcast, feel free to drop us a note and let us know any feedback that you might have. We love our customers. You guys mean the world to us. So um, never hesitate to be in touch. And thank you all for listening. Yeah, we will put the links into the description so everyone can find your brand and they can order great cocktails from you and they can uh, take it to the plane as well. So yeah, thanks uh, again, everyone. And uh, stay tuned because every week we come out with a new episode. Thank you.